Welcome to Between the Lines. I'm Tracy Hunter Abramson, and I'm here with Sarah M. Eden, Esther Hatch, and Sean N. Bessie. Today, we're going to talk about one of my favorite things, the Olympics. So growing up, one of my goals was to be an Olympic swimmer, and I did that. Wait, Tracy, I've known you for a really, really long time. <laughs> I feel like... I should have known before now <laughs> that you were an Olympic swimmer. I well, haven't even known you that long, what? but I still feel like I should know. Okay, so I I did that on pages. I didn't actually, not me. Like, <laughs> I did it, didn't actually swim in the Olympics, but one of my characters swam in the Olympics. Okay, yes, that's, that's, that's yes. cheating. I that is that not book. the same thing. I read that book. <laughs> she knew all about it. <laughs> so, I, I, I mean, it was my Undercurrents trilogy, and when I got to the deep end, I actually was using one of my swimmers, because I coach high school swimming, I used one of my swimmers who made the Olympic trials as kind of, you know, some of the quirks that she had, like, you know, I can't cut my hair because my goggles won't fit anymore and things like that. So it was kind of fun. So, um, yeah, so I love the Olympics. And I it's, love them too and i was listening to you talk about like how you were went and i was kept thinking like i surely surely would have known if you would have gone to the olympics but um i did know you love the olympics and i did know you were a swim coach i did know those things <laughs> <laughs> but also don't you have another olympic book coming out it's coming out like really soon dreams of gold it's the um it's actually the sequel to an unlikely pair and you guys should be so proud because it's historical Define historical. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Well, what would you guys call historical? Like, how far back do you have to go before it's called historical? Okay, well, I'm coming at this from, like, an archaeologist's point of view because... That's what you do. That is, I mean, I don't know if I do it, but I <laughs> did it at one point. And I actually knew this at one point, too, but I was thinking about it. I think it has to be before 1950 on the archaeological record to be considered history <laughs> or it's a hundred years it might be an ever moving point I'm not i can't remember for sure well and if you think about it one of the things that we're always having to research with like our georgian and regency is fashions and hairdos and she is having to deal with the 80s fashions and hairdos Surely you mean the 1780s fashions and hairdos, right? <laughs> I mean, she claimed it was historical. historical. <laughs> okay, so 1980s, we'll, we'll, we'll call it the, how about we call it recent historical. There you go. Will that work? You're actually making us all feel super old. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not today. It's not a today's contemporary. Like, it's kind of that caught in between. It really is. So, and I, you guys, I actually did more Brace yourself. I did more research for this book. <gasps> I know. I had to figure out. I don't know if you... If, okay, I may age myself here. If you remember back when the Olympics, the Summer Olympics and the Winter Olympics used to be in the same year. Uh-huh. Right. So I had to figure out when that changed. So I was like so proud of myself. Like, okay, 1986 they did the vote. And then I realized it wasn't until like the 90s when they actually made the change. So they made the... The vote was like way, way in advance. And then they had the Winter Olympics, and that was the reason they did it, was the Winter Olympics wasn't getting enough attention. Mm. Because, you know, those swimmers were just more popular than the ice skaters. <laughs> so, and so it actually was, we had Winter Olympics in the 92, and 1992, and then in 1994. <laughs> I, with you guys, i got to clarify. Yes, you do. Yeah. So... <laughs> That's like interesting for me to hear you talk about that because I feel like growing up, that was a huge part of my childhood was watching 
the Olympics with my family. We didn't have TV reception, really. Like, not <laughs> like what you have nowadays. I, so right. we must have got, I think we got a couple of local channels. And when the Olympics was on, it was on. Like, that was what we watched right. all the, all the time that we could, and it was so much fun. So I feel like I should know this, because in 1992 and 94, I was, I mean, I was still a child, I guess, but barely, you know. <laughs> Old I, enough, you feel like I you feel should like I have should remembered this, <laughs> yes. You know, it was interesting, in, in 1984, I was in Caracas, Venezuela. I believe it was the Los Angeles Olympics. So here I was from the United States, and I was in a completely different country. And at the same time, my husband was living in Germany, and the Olympics were on all the time, like... And it was very different how we do. You don't have those little interruptions of, oh, we're going to talk about the, the people. It just went from one event immediately to another event to another event. So it was really interesting. Hmm. So what are your favorite Olympic sports to watch? I want to know. Okay, this year, I think it was brand new in the Summer Olympics this year, was the rock climbing event. Did you Ooh, guys? Oh, I did not right. see that. Didn't. My husband and I rock climb. It's one of our favorite things to do together. And as far as I know, this was the first year it was an Olympic sport. It was so fun to watch because for once I was watching a sport I actually do. Now, I don't do it well, but I actually <laughs> do it. So I kind of understood what was going on. And that was so fun because we love to rock climb. We haven't been rock climbing in a long time because uh, COVID has shut down the gym where we go rock climbing. But it was really, really fun to watch. And um, we also really like watching the Paralympics. I don't know if you guys oh, watch I love those. Them. Oh. Yeah. Well, this year we discovered a new to us sport. It's called goalball. And you have three players on each side, and they're trying to get a ball past the other players into a net. But the ball has bells in it because um, it's the sport is for um, those with visual impairments. And so they're listening for the ball, and it was amazing. Wow. Like, I would be far worse at this sport as a sighted person. Oh, than, wow. Like, it was amazing. So if you haven't checked out goalball, you should go watch, go watch it. To. It was really, really fun to watch. Wow. Yeah, I've never even heard of that. I think that my favorite Olympic sports are probably the, the ones that most people love. In the winter, I love the ice skating, and then in the summer, the swimming and the track and the gymnastics. But I do love looking to see if there's something I've never watched before. And this this last year, um, my husband and I discovered archery for the first time. Oh, wow. And I've never watched that before, but it was so amazing to see them hitting bullseyes from so far away. Maybe it's because I'm losing my eyesight that it was <laughs> super... Because I've always had really good vision, and now now I have to use glasses every once in a while. But I, I can still remember when I was young with the Winter Olympics, we spent a little bit of time in Canada, and I remember watching curling for the first time and seeing that on the Olympics. And that is such a funny thing to watch, even it though is. I know those who play it, it's serious. But but that's a fun one, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really funny, like, listening to you guys talk about the Olympics, because I'm just thinking through of all these memories as a child, really, and what it meant to us to watch and have that dream. Like Tracy's talking about how I went to the Olympics and we all went, oh, you know, I mean, <laughs> you're the coolest person I know now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's just something about that triumph of human spirit and Sean mm -hmm. saying about these people that can hit a bullseye from so far away and they've worked so hard to accomplish that. It's, it is just a really impressive thing to see these people that have devoted their lives to something and to see them excel. 
for me, I also, I just loved watching the figure skaters. Like I remember being a little girl and seeing some of them just do these, I don't even know, triple axles, whatever jumps up in the air. And I literally thought they were like flying. Like I was sure they were defying the laws of physics. So it was so much fun in the summer. I just loved, I love the swimming and the running and it's just amazing to watch people who really have fine-tuned this skill so well that they're some of the best in the world of it. I really love it, too. And obviously, swimming is my favorite to watch. I mean, it's just so much fun to, to look at, you know, just the technique at that level. But it was really cool. I had one of my swimmers um, that I had a few years ago. He's an, uh, at Indiana University now. But he made it through at least into the trials and just be like, okay, four years, dude, let's, let's see what you can do in yeah. the next four years. And, and seeing what, you know, seeing that raw talent is when he was a freshman in high school and knowing that you might get there, you know, and, and things like that. Obviously ice skating is my favorite in the, you know, I, it's one of my favorites in the winter. I also love like the bobsled. I mean, is that yes. too much fun to watch? Oh, I mean, yeah. it's just scares me to death. Yeah. scares me. Yeah. It is so but it's fun cool. to watch. I, I don't know if I'd want to do it. Yeah. But I know I wouldn't. What's the skeleton one? Where oh, yeah. that's scary yes. too. That skeleton is scary. Yes. Bob sledding, yeah. but on a cafeteria tray. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With handles. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so yeah, I don't know if I'd really want to try that one. But I mean, it's, even the skiing and stuff, I mean, it's just going so fast. Yes. Like, I mean, I've skied before, but not like that. Right, it's I mean, amazing. Just... Yeah, if they ever put a camera on one of the athletes so that you actually feel how fast they're going down those hills, it's just I'd incredible. be terrified. It'd be jarring, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we talked about what our favorite sports to watch. What sport do you wish was in the Olympics? Well, I kind of feel like most sports are represented in the Olympics, but... My daughter is really good at cornhole. I don't know if they have cornhole in the Olympics. She might stand a chance. Okay, so what is cornhole? So cornhole is basically standing in one spot and throwing a beanbag into a hole that's several feet further away. So a beanbag toss. Yeah, basically. <laughs> okay, it's cornhole. It's cornhole. Okay, I do not write there are what you write. <laughs> and Tracy and I both grew up in Arizona, and they didn't we call grew it up cornhole. calling it beanbag, beanbag toss. So no, I'm with you. Okay, but I as feel a better. sport, I think it's cornhole. cornhole. I think you're right. At a party, it might be a beanbag. <laughs> and thank you guys for educating me. I feel so much better now. <laughs> so I think if, I mean, maybe if I had to come up with one that they could put in, I keep thinking like procrastinating because <laughs> I really want to win a gold medal at the Olympics and I might have a shot at that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I don't have one really that I wish. Well, procrastinating, I mean, gold medal, in. Esther, we, I, next time we get together to record, we need to bring a gold medal for Esther. That's, right. That's a good idea. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I was the last one to be working on our podcast preparations at 4 a.m. <laughs> so, okay. Yes. She wins. She wins. <laughs> I think what I would love to see in the Olympics, and this again goes back to growing up in Arizona. I don't know if any of you guys played this game, but when it rains in Arizona, people panic. So <laughs> if it's raining during the school day, recess is held indoors. Like no one goes anywhere. You sit at your desk and we would play this game called Heads Up 7-Up. Did any of you guys play that? I don't know if anyone out there listening played this game. I played it. They would pick, I don't know, three or four people who were it and they'd stand at the front of the classroom, and the whole rest of the class would put their heads down on their desks, close their eyes, and stick their th one of their thumbs up in the air. 
the people who are it would wander around the classroom and pick someone to tag, and they'd tag them by tapping their thumb, and you'd tuck your thumb down. And then you had to guess who tagged you. And if you guess right, then you're it. That's the entirety of the game, but I was amazing at it. I would analyze the way people walked and whether or not it sounded like they were wearing a coat. And <laughs> so I just think I'd be pretty fantastic, and I probably would get a gold medal in Heads Up, Seven Up. So I'm thinking if I was going for a gold medal type of sport, losing shoes, I would totally rock that. <laughs> Okay, but is it an issue of losing your shoes or just abandoning them? Um, okay, maybe we should have two categories. <laughs> one for losing, one for abandoning. And I can just enter them both so that depending on how the rules go. I was going to say, I might way. give you some competition in the losing. <laughs> I yeah. actually think there's a lot of two-year-olds that would give you yes. a lot of competition in that one. All too. my children. We have to have a minimum age range. Like, you have to be at least 16. Okay, Got maybe it. 18. 16-year-olds are probably really good at losing sh things also. Did you ladies know that back when the modern Olympics first started, for the first few Olympics, um, medals were awarded in the arts. Oh, wow. They had writing, Didn't. and they had architecture, and they had various you know, uh, visual arts and stuff. Yeah, they were in there until, I want to say the 1930s. They, there was uh, arts categories, so maybe we just need to reinstate that. We there do. we go. Then we could lose more medals. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm winning on the losing shoes, I'm just saying. All right. Okay, so going back to how I dreamed about competing in the Olympics, think about what childhood dreams did you have growing up that was either considered unattainable or that people didn't believe you could actually achieve? Did you have any of those? I think my greatest goal in life was to reach five feet tall. Um, everyone thought it was unattainable. Turns out it was. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a goal. <laughs> and it was a good one, Sarah. <laughs> I, so for me, when I was a kid, my goals were all kind of out there, and people just kind of laughed at me, but I was going to be a spy, and I was going to be an author, and I was also going to be a horse jockey. So I kind of did the first two. Um, I think I'd like to trade out my life's ambition now to be a horse jockey, <laughs> <laughs> seeing as I didn't reach five feet tall. Well, actually, yes. Yeah, you're, you're a total shoe in I'm so well, jealous. What was I thinking all these years? <laughs> I love it. I think um, I remember dreaming, and this, of course, was when I was living in Wales, because that's where I grew up, that I would be able to attend college in the U.S. And that, um, that was a, a big, very few people thought that I would be able to do it um, when you're dealing with immigration and visas and applications going international. It's, it's hard, but that was one that came true. Oh, that's mm -hmm. awesome. I love that as I'm thinking of what I want to share, I think we're actually sharing some that we were able to attain, obtain Sarah. <laughs> Not quite so much. <laughs> Genetics were against me. <laughs> I don't know if I've blocked out the ones that I really wanted to do and didn't get, but one of the things that I think um, becoming an archaeologist, I felt like I would say that's what I wanted to do and people would kind of laugh like because it's not a real degree, but it turns out it is a real degree <laughs> and they had it at the university I attended and I signed up and did my field schools and digging and um, became an archaeologist. So I don't, I don't know. I think, I mean, I would just hear things like, oh, it, it's not practical. 
And, and the truth is it's not, but you can still become an archaeologist. Well, I love that. Thank you all for sharing those. Because um, we all know that dreams change, and that's okay. I think one secret to finding contentment within ourselves is to be willing and able to adapt when a new path creates different opportunities. We hope all of you will be enjoying the Winter Olympics as they come up, and we thank you for joining us today. We hope to catch you next time on Between the Lines.